Oh, right on. Real privileged here. Um, real lucky for me. I feel very privileged to talk story with you today, Skippy. Um, thanks to Small Town, Big Art, Story Core Project, uh, sitting down here with you today. Oh, same here. Yeah, Dean. Uh, I. Oh, okay. This one too. Yeah, close. Just, just, just. Okay. Yeah. You guys yeah. are perfect on that one. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, right on. So I think um, a lot of people already know. You know, everybody kind of skippy how who he is, but and you know his kind of what he does. But today, I just want to take the time talk story with you a little bit, Skippy. Get to know you a little bit better. Um. Like I said, I think people all around Maui and Maui County know Skippy, you know, for the infectious smile, that twinkle in his eye. And so we're going to sit down and just wrap, talk story a little bit today, Skippy. So if you don't mind um, starting us off, Skippy, like, what's your full name? Okay. Oh, my full name is Skippy How. Oh. <laughs> um, actually, I don't, yeah, uh, because well, I did not have grandfathers when we were born. Uh, so my dad kind of was saying that if our grandfathers were alive, we probably would have got a Chinese middle name. Um, but he and my mom kind of thought uh, we didn't need uh, middle names. So basically, we got it nice and simple. Oh, and that's then, so what's real interesting is that, yeah, I don't have a middle initial. So <laughs> when you have to do an email, then makes it a lot simpler. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I never knew that. That's interesting. Uh, where, where are you from, Skippy? So I, I grew up in Kaneohe, and in Kaneohe, um, well, I went to school, uh, well, um, first I, I grew up uh, in Kaneohe, and uh, what was interesting was that um, uh, we lived on the windward side, and uh, what got me interested in actually uh, fishing was actually because of my dad. And so my dad would take us fishing. All right. And so what was kind of interesting was that when we grew up, because we have three boys in the family, so I have myself, I have a twin brother, and then so folks also have also found out and met my twin brother sometimes at the airport and stuff, and then they started thinking, oh, did he forget <laughs> me or get amnesia or something? And then uh, they meet my identical twin brother, yeah. Wesley, oh. and then Wesley w used to work for the Department of Education. He retired last year. Oh, right. Yeah, and then my younger brother. I have a younger brother. He's four years younger, and his name was Ricky, Ricky Howe. And so uh, we just, we have our first and last names, and we have no middle names. And then so uh, I grew up with my brothers, and what was interesting was that when we grew up in Kanyohe, um, we basically, my mom and my dad, uh, basically we uh, clean yard on Saturdays, and go fishing on Sundays. Right, and so we sort of kind of grew up with that, and so we kind of made sure that all the yard work, uh, whatever we had to do was done on Saturday, and Sunday was reserved for fishing. Oh, right. So we got to go fishing. Uh, my dad also used to go squidding, or looking for octopus, or hey, and uh, he'd make his own spear, and then a uh, two-pronged spear. Before you didn't have, like now you can go and three buy prong. a three-prong <laughs> or, you know, a seahorse spear that's yeah, yeah. already made, and you buy it from the store. Uh, this one he made his own spear. Wow. So when he, we'd go fishing in Kanyohe Bay, uh, there's a lot of reefs there. And then so we grew up, actually, uh, my dad had a, he, a boat that he built. It's a wooden uh, flat-bottom boat, and then... Uh, he was, he was able to take us and he kind of taught us how to uh, go fishing and squidding in the bay. And then so we went on the reefs a lot. Uh, my dad also used to do trap fishing. So he also used to prepare traps and things. 
what was interesting was to kind of see the transition over time. Is that when scuba divers, oh. scuba divers would still sometimes steal the traps, really, and then or they take the fish or lobsters that were in the traps and then oh. just leave the traps open. And, uh, but my dad would always say, oh, if they needed the food, then they, wow. they should take whatever they needed, and then, but leave the traps. Just a lot of work making the traps. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you sound, your dad So sound we kind of had that transition. So th- we were grew up in the Bay in the 50s and 60s. Oh. So um, that's kind of interesting because, yeah, when we were born, uh, we grew up in 1957. So it's kind of interesting when we look at our birth certificate, it says TF. Oh, oh excuse me. Ter- TH, Territory of Hawaii. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And then I got, oh, well, we were born before, before the, state. the statehood. Yes. Oh. So, you know, speaking of your dad, you know, you mentioned him already. Um, What, would you, what were your mom and dad's names? Okay. Um, My mom actually was uh, Rose. Uh, her middle name, and I guess it was Sin Hirong, uh, Chinese. And then uh, her maiden name was Wong. She was from a Wong family, mm. and then uh, my dad was an Arthur. Uh, well, what it is is they in school they give them a, I guess a, a English name. Right. Yeah, yeah. So he his name was Arthur, and then his middle name was Manyao, and Hao was the last name. Oh. Uh, so my grandfather was actually, if you look on his headstones, is Hao Sao Yi, but in Chinese you'd have the family name first. Mm. So Hao Sao Yi. Oh. It's kind of interesting because First. I have an uncle, and my other uncle, uh, he goes by Yi. And so his last name is Yi, oh. even though the family name right, is right, actually right. supposed to be Hao. Hao. Yeah. Oh. And how, how did, do you know how your mom and dad met? Um, actually, my, my dad actually, um, during the attack, I believe he was working at the Marine base. And then later on, he was able to get a job at the Naval Supply Center it's at Pearl Harbor. December 7th? Uh, after. Oh, after. So after the, after the, uh, the bombing, uh-huh. uh, then he started working at Pearl Harbor Naval Supply Center. Uh-huh. And then so he worked there and was able to get a federal job. And then my mom basically was a housewife. And so she stayed home oh, and basically oh, oh. took care of us. Oh. Yeah. That's interesting. That's really interesting. That's cool. You know, you talk about your dad and your mom's. Uh, you know, but um, your dad sounds like a real industrious man. I mean, to build his own boat, uh-huh. to make his own three prongs. I mean, fish traps. That that must have been something. So that exposure sounds like from such a young age for you really led you down the path that you're at today. Yeah, it, it's kind of interesting because um, not only that, uh, but when I was growing up in school, um, I was fortunate. I had some uh, very influential teachers. So. In the fourth grade, there was uh, Miss Tanaka, and then she was able to do some traveling. So she'd share stories about traveling oh. or going to Japan and places like that. And then um, later on, when I went to school in high school, I had a ninth grade science teacher, uh, Mr. Walter Hiroishi, and he was my biology teacher. And so uh, from his class, we actually um, we did uh, science fair projects. Uh, we did one on seashells. We also did other projects. And then it's kind of interesting because in high school, we were also dissecting uh, frogs. <laughs> and, and it's kind of interesting because <laughs> you go to college, right, and do that. Yeah, yeah, we were yeah. doing this in high school. Oh, right. With Mr. Huh? So yeah. what high school was that? Was that Castle? Oh, that was Castle High Castle. School. Oh. It was my ninth grade. And then later on, I took an, uh, another course from him also. And, and you mentioned your fourth grade teacher. What, what school was that at? Uh, that was a Miss Tanaka. I I went to uh, Benjamin Parker Benjamin School. Benjamin Parker. Oh. Uh, it's an elementary school. And then after that, I went to King Intermediate School. 
and then after and then King Cass. Intermediate, then I went to Castle High School. So you graduated? What? Oh, sorry. Yeah. So I graduated in 1975. Oh. And what's kind of interesting is that my dad actually went to Benjamin Parker, but he only went to eighth grade. Oh. So he went up to eighth grade, and then actually after eighth grade, then he stopped school. Oh. Uh, and then my mom actually uh, was living in town. Uh, they had a actually a, a vegetable store in Chinatown, Monarchy Street. Mm-hmm. And then so my uh, uh, grandfather would be uh, his name was uh, um, excuse me Wang Fong. And then so uh, he ran uh, basically um, uh, the vegetable store. But he was also known to have uh, raised Narcissus. So I think at the time, I think he was declared the Narcissus king or something. Wow. So he raised Narcissus. You know, during, uh Narcissus time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He raised Narcissus wow. flowers. Wow. Yeah. So, wow, that's interesting. So you, speaking of your, no, no, speaking yeah. of your parents, your your grandfather, I mean, so I just come so what, do you know, what generation are you here in Hawaii? How long have you? Your, oh, so my grandmothers family. actually were born in Hawaii. Oh, um, so my grandmothers. grandfather Four. actually, uh, he came, well, my grandfather is a rice farmer on my dad's side. And then uh, my grandfather on my mom's side, um, it was basically, he ran a vegetable store in Chinatown. Oh. So it was kind of interesting when you go and look at the family and things. Then it was real interesting because my mom's uncles and aunts, Basically, they identified them by what they did. Like one was a school teacher, uh, one was a taxi uh, driver. Uh, uh, that's and, how. Yeah. So and then one was a, 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 a drugstore. I guess on Vineyard Street, uh-huh. there's a Lou family. Well, the Lou family. So oh. it's very interesting because they they had a lot of kids. So. Yeah, that that is super interesting. So, and so okay, so you've gone through graduated Castle, um, and then where did you go to? So get after, your after I graduated education. Castle, then I went to the University of Hawaii at Manoa. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what's very interesting is that uh, I just heard on the news that the Marine Option Program was uh, celebrating, I guess, 50 years uh, in service. But at the time, uh, Marine Option Program did not have a degree. Uh, Marine Option Program was a certificate. Right, right. And then, but basically, what it did was. For a lot of folks, they didn't have to be in marine biology. So uh-huh. we work with folks who became lawyers and all <laughs> kinds of other careers, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and doing marine projects. For their for the then, certificate. Yeah, so we did that, and our friends would we uh, learn scuba diving and all kinds of things. And then so we'd learn. Uh, there used to be a data acquisition project uh, that's from way back. So folks basically started to learn, you know, basically how to monitor on oh. the reef and. Uh, to identify fishes and so that's why it's interesting because when you start to learn the different organisms it's not just the scientific name you know we go through that right. in the latin names but also the japanese we get the korean and the filipino names or, common names uh, co- well, hawaiian, basically, hawaiian names basically yeah so we call the other names so we kind of uh, use all the different names right, uh, right. so that people will kind of understand as well sometimes memorize uh, and certain animals basically would have no i think that's yeah. really important that you touch upon that uh, yeah. you know the the diversity of culture here in hawaii you know i mean it's not just on language and food but even our resources like fish resources you know knowing the different names for different right. in different cultures that's super interesting so what um what degree did you graduate with from the oh, university so of i have a bachelor of science degree in biology biology yeah uh, so i have a biology degree but i focus more on science yeah. so i also 
stayed in the dorms. Yeah. So I went to take a lot more lab courses, and then I basically lived at the on campus. Yeah. And, uh, and so I really appreciate. I had uh, that science background, right. and then uh, I, I really appreciate that because it kind of told you how much we got to really understand right. organisms or right, uh, right, taking right. samples and. Uh, while also working with other people and other researchers who are well prepared right. and then so they kind of prepared us uh, and then uh, the technologies change right. so whereas before even when we came to Maui we used to take pictures with uh, Nikonos cameras <laughs> underwater and we'd yeah. shoot slides oh yeah uh, so the kids have no idea because <laughs> it's all digital we, we used to shoot slides and then have to send it in for processing <laughs> and then wait for the slides to come back now it's then shoot the slides on the wall yeah, now it's instantaneous uh, you can look at it on <laughs> yeah. the computer and then yeah. you have a special program yeah, technology is incredible but you know even with the the advancement of technology has made things so much easier um, and advanced obviously I'm sure there are still things like, are there still things or what things that you learned from your days at University of Hawaii Manoa that still implement and still use and still are critical to have in your toolbox today? Um, I think what really helped, well, a marine option program, like I said, the training helped prepare me. And then I basically, when I graduated, I had an internship with the F Division of Fish and Game. So this is before even the Division of Aquatic Resources. Oh, yeah. So it used to be called Fish and Game right. uh, under the Department of Land and Natural Resources. And so with that, I was able to work on different projects. So I worked on the Waikiki Diamond Head when they first closed it. Uh, so we helped close it, but we also interviewed the fishermen wow. while it was uh, in, during closure. So we interviewed fishermen. We got to you know look at catches and identify what was coming out of uh, the, the area and the fisheries. Wow. So we we're fortunate from Kipahulu, where there, there's a, I guess they call it a Kapahulu growing, all the way to the Diamond Head Lighthouse. Wow. We used to be able to, at one time, we could have walked along the shoreline. It opened up public access. Even though it was closed to fishing, right, right, right. it opened up public access right. to the public. Oh, that's, so yeah. we were real fortunate right. at that time to be able to see that. It, it's sort of like now we've been able to now watch and see uh, with closed areas and to see some kind of change and right. to be able to see how, what you can do for resources wow. over time. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's another thing, another um, um, invaluable thing that you bring to um, the table is not just how much you've done work you've done for Maui County and the state of Hawaii, but the longevity of which you've done it, being able to see and firsthand talk about the changes over time. Um, going back a little bit again, but so so then you graduate, you graduate Castle, you get your biology degree from the University of Hawaii. What year is that you graduate from Manoa? I graduated actually in 1979, December. Oh, <laughs> I, I kind of wanted to make it a goal. I wanted yeah. to get out before the eighties. Oh yeah, I just thought. Well, I kind of didn't want to be right. staying around right, right. working in school. Actually, when I was in school, actually, um, I worked at the cannery, and I worked my way up. So I worked at the Dole Pineapple oh, Cannery. Oh, Dole Cannery. Okay, and I worked at the Dole Cannery, and then I worked my way up as a forklift driver. Oh wow! And so I was a covered seasonal uh, worker. Um, so that helped me a lot because what it is is when you're working at the cannery and you're working like on the second and third shift, uh -huh. all you're doing is working. Oh. And so you don't have time to spend money or go right, out or right, go to right, right. or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So it helped me pay off my college expenses. Faster. Oh, good, yeah. good. So 
Yeah, it, but it's, it's sometimes sad because you don't see the newspaper jobs or uh-huh. even uh, before you could always depend on working at the cannery yeah. if you needed a job yeah, and now, needed money, you could go work at the cannery. Right, right. So yeah. are you a big fan of pineapples? Oh, I love pineapples. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, but it's so interesting. <laughs> but the pineapples have changed and they're so much sweeter. Oh, really? Before you see more acidic. Oh, and right. right. We also, Talk about technology again. We, we, yeah. We, uh, yeah, we put Hawaiian salt on yeah. the pineapple. Oh, for real? Yeah, to cut, the, yeah, cut the acid. Cut out the acid. Wow, yeah. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you were a forklift driver. Uh, That's super interesting. So, okay, you graduated in 79 from Manoa. And what, um, when did you come to Maui? I came to Maui in 1985. 85. 85 in February. So, um, what happened was the biologist here on Maui uh, wanted to, he, he wanted a change. And then, so as a biologist, he basically uh, explained, he gave his termination. And then uh, he went, uh, he later on became a pilot. Oh, really? He was able to go and fly planes afterwards. <laughs> so, uh, real interesting. And occasionally, I've heard that he's come back to go visit. Uh, but uh, from biologists, he became a, a, a airplane pilot. Uh, wow. So, when so, you came to Maui as the... Uh, that was uh, Fred Ball. Yeah. And, oh. and so, he was the, pre- the biologist before me. Fred Ball. And then Ball. I, I took over his place here on Maui. On Maui. And so. when you started here on Maui in 85... How many aquatic biologists were there with the DAR? No, only me. Only you, you're the one. It was only me. <laughs> yeah. And I, I had, there was only me. Where was your office. office? Where was your uh, office? I, w- I shared an office. Uh, it used to be the DLNR in the state building. Oh. We are on the ground floor. Yeah. And then I had one desk. Oh, yeah? yeah? That's it. And, and that's pretty much it. Uh, but I also took care of, at the time, we had turtle strandings. Oh. And then we also had... Uh, beach porpoises and whales and so and that was I, I all kinda, you I, I kind of got to learn that and then that's why I'm really appreciative of now having the humpback whale sanctuary right. and a lot of the volunteers we now have stranding networks right, right. so and, and other people and volunteers um, I, I was real in um, when I was here earlier um, I really appreciate uh, Pacific Whale Foundation had volunteers I remember one time having a dolphin uh, that got uh, beached. Mm-hmm. It died actually at Maalaya, oh. and then the volunteers came to help me, uh, and I really appreciate that. For the that. the volunteer uh, manpower, was, yeah. uh, the volunteers came down. They saw I needed help, and then mm-hmm. so they helped me yeah. uh, carry the dolphin, and I put it in my truck. <laughs> <laughs> in your yeah. truck? Yeah, my, I used oh. to have a Dodge Ram. How truck big was there. this dolphin? Oh, no, no, I, but I, I put it in. Yeah, the oh, yeah, I put it in the back oh. of the truck. Yeah. <laughs> So they helped me carry it, and then we had to yeah, yeah. pull it up. Um, so you arrive in 85, and you take over for Mr. Ball. How long was Ball here before you toured, you know? Like, I don't know how many years he was here. So if my math is right, you've been in the position now for 36 years about? I just made 36. That's insane. In so again, that longevity, speaking of it. And I can't even imagine how, um, oh, I don't know, was it overwhelming? To come here in 85, and like you said, you're taking care of mm. fisheries, aquatics, strandings, you uh, know, you honu. Know, you know, <laughs> well, where do I, you start? When I came here, um, I kind of had an open mind. Um, what it is, was Oahu was getting too crowded. Yeah, in 85. And, and, and then, but way back then, um, you had to plan if you're going to work in the field because you get stuck in traffic. Oh. Oahu has this traffic problem. Right. And then so you have to plan your field work and then make sure you don't get stuck in traffic. Yeah. 
And if you plan too late, then you're gonna come back in the dark. You lose. And basically, you're uh, stuck in traffic and just have to wait for traffic to clear. So that's why the move to Maui. Uh, and when I moved to Maui, uh, I was able to start working in streams. And then that's one of the things. I grew up in, on Oahu, and then I grew up in Keahala Stream and uh, catching Oopu or going to Waihole Stream and things. And then, but uh, when I came here, I was able to start studying the different animals. So it started with opai, and then I'd see oopu, uh, but we also st uh, started looking at um, post larvae, uh, basically the recruits uh -huh. that were coming back from the stream, right. and that was kind of like my question: uh -huh. Are they still recruiting to uh -huh. the stream, even uh -huh. though the stream has been diverted and less water? And so I was able to watch that, and then to over time. So now, which is over thirty years now, I've been able to watch the recruitment. That's uh, awesome. Not only the Opai, uh, but also the hihivai, the hihivai and yeah. farming of lines and uh, having the hihivai migrate. Yeah, that upstream. was really cool. The time I got, we got to spend some time with you in the um, Wailuku River, and uh, for you to show us some of those things was just mind blowing. But um, yeah, your knowledge and your depth of it is is just profound, and it's we're, we're very fortunate to have you, Skippy, here in Maui. In, on Maui. Um, but so yeah, so going back just again a little bit, flashing back, you spoke of you know your time in Kaneohe Bay, you know maybe squeezing with yes. your dad, picking up traps, and that's kind of how what might got you hooked. But I know now, and I think a lot of people know you for the passion and the in-depth knowledge you have for the stream work here on Maui. So you talked about Waiholi Stream, you know, as a kid. But what was that? What was your hook that really got you started? You know. Um, wanting to work in the stream so much and find out more about the recruitment. Um, yeah. Well, one of the stories my dad used to tell me was that he said when he was a kid, what they do is they'd use earthworms and catch them on bamboo poles. Uh, well, what's interesting is that when my dad grew up, then he was telling me that, oh, they used to catch frogs. Okay. He tie a piece of red cloth on the hook uh -huh. and the frogs would... To catch frogs. To catch frogs and things. And, and I, I, I didn't know that, but... Uh, this stuff with the earthworm, I know that it works. And what's interesting is that um, I know that they're gone already, but the Wakamatsu Market, I remember going in to talk to, I guess they call him Froggy Wakamatsu. <laughs> and when he was young, so he was telling me his stories when he was growing up here on Maui. Uh -huh. So at Wakamatsu Market, so he was in telling me that area. when he was a kid, he catch oopu and stuff, and you know, but he catch oopu, but then they'd sell it and then be able to go to the movies. Oh, really? Right. So they'd catch it, and then basically that's how he got money to oh. go to the movies. But he'd, uh, he'd sell that because there's a large Filipino population. Oh. They also oh. eat oopu and stuff, and then oh. so they, you know, basically buy the oopu from the kids so when they're growing up. So hearing, so, so it was interesting because uh, that's the same thing my dad said. Yeah, yeah. You know that they they're using earthworms to go catch oopu. So this is, I believe they're talking about the oopu nakia. Oh. The oopu nakia also would grow over a foot long. Wow. Yeah. And it's then, huge. So, so they catch oopu uh, in the streams. And then it really, it's so interesting because I got to see oopu uh, over a foot long in Yao stream. And it, it was interesting because I also got to videotape them. What? And then so I videotaped them. That was even before the 2016 storm. Fl flood. So, uh, so I have a uh, video of the fishes inside the uh, the stream. So you saw yeah. oopu over a foot long? Yes. 
and relatively recent then, just before uh, 16? That, so that was before 2016. Wow, that's yeah. good so, to know. But a lot of times, that's why the kids ask me, oh, how big was it? I said, I really didn't want to catch the fish right, to right. try to measure it. I said, I took pictures of the fish. And right. then, uh, it's kind of funny because I also have a picture that I have two fishes. I was about to take the picture and then a third fish jumped into the photo. <laughs> photo and bomb. The, so, the, <laughs> photo so, I, so I had three opu nakea. <laughs> and then you can identify the opu nakea, the big males have this big, the uh, lips. large, uh, right, big head and large lips. Yeah, I remember And you then talk. those are the males, yeah. And are those the only predatory? I mean, they're um, carnivorous um, opu? Well, no. Actually, the others will eat other insects oh, and things. Oh. Yeah. But the opu nakia. Yeah. That's what I, well, that's I kind of try to um, tell kids about the opu so that they kind of remember certain yeah. things. Yeah, or yeah, like yeah. some are, you know, carnivorous, some are uh, herbivorous. Right. Yeah. Right. Which ones are? Oh, that's really yeah. cool. So you've seen so much change not just i guess we're talking about oahu and that's one of the reasons why you left the overcrowding on oahu in 85 wanting to come to maui and so being in the streams here on maui for th over 35 years now what are some of the biggest changes both positive and negative you think you've seen over that time period i well i think just for my job i have been real lucky i've been able to uh i well not just here but uh in the past i've also gone up with the fishing boats up to the northwestern Hawaiian Islands. Wow. I worked on the project when we did uh, bottom fish surveys uh -huh. before they were trying to develop a market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they'd send boats up and then we'd catch ulua, we'd catch uh, bottom fish, your opaka paka, uh, a lot of uku, onaga, <laughs> uh, yeah, some of those fishes. And then they bring it back for marketing at, at the Honolulu auction. Right. Yeah. Wow. So we watched, uh, we'd go on the fishing boat and then we'd also pack the fish. Wow. So, so we, like I said, we kind of got to learn the whole, how to gather data, but also go fishing. How long was that trip up to the Northwest Hawaiian um, Islands? Not too long, maybe about 11 to 14 days. And then they kind of try to bring back the fish fresh. Yeah. And then it goes to the market. And yeah, then yeah. at the market, then they sell fresh fish. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so okay, including all of that Sorry. too. Then your your uh -huh. the marine and the aquatic. Um, your thirty five years here on Maui. Like, what are some of the changes that you know you've seen? Like that that mo have been most impacting upon you. Um. Well, it, it's it's kind of interesting. Um, we've seen the big storms. Um, but I, I guess one of the things, and then I kind of. I, I remember some other researchers were also talking, and, and it's to try to tell the young students and, and folks who are just getting into science, mm -hmm. uh, basically patience. Um, it takes time. Uh, it's, it's kind of interesting because um, I also uh, was working with the turtles, and then the turtles started to nest here in the islands. Yeah, yeah. Well, initially, actually, a couple of turtles got run over. And then uh, this is at Kealia, the yeah. Oxbow Turtles were right, trying right, to cross right. uh, Kihei, uh, by, by crossing Kihei Road. Uh, while they were trying to cross the road, they, they got, got run it. over. Uh, so that was in 1993 and 1996. We had two Hawksbow Turtles that got run over. Wow. Um, so we learned a, a lot. Um, the first turtle that got run over, I was not sure, but I had all these eggs. So what I did was I took the eggs and I kind of just buried them in the sand. 
uh, but later on, uh, later on, I found out and uh, realized that when the turtle dies, basically the uh, oxygen gets right. cut off. Right. So they basically were. I mean, but you tried. You, you but but I didn't you know had to try something. At yeah. Least, yeah. So and what was interesting was that I buried the eggs, and when I put, uh, I used a can to, to kind mark. of mark the nest. Uh-huh. But I never realized that people were very conscientious here. They pick up oh. the cans and the, the bottles and things to recycle. Well, well to keep the beach <laughs> right, right, clean. Right, right, right. And then I basically had lost the nest <laughs> for a little bit. I, and I kind of knew oh, the you, approximate oh, yeah. area, but I had to dig down and find the nest. Did the you? Game. So you excavated? Well, I did that, and then but it also told me to also bury something under, <laughs> just in case <laughs> yeah, the yeah, stuff yeah. on top or the, the reference on top may get lost. Surface marker gets. So, yeah, it's, it was something that. Yeah, it surprised me, and I thought, yeah. oh yeah, people come and they clean the beach. Yes. That's, that's before hi-fi even. That's before you could get five cents for a can. You just get the aluminum cost. Oh right, on oh, me. So, um, yeah, yeah. So all this, what are, what are um, impacts you've seen as far as and again just playing upon just the longevity of your career, have seen and done so much, um, culturally. How have you seen culturally things change with your job mm. from 85 um, to today? I was able to work with the Ho'olauna program. Um, that's um, with uh, Hoku'ao Pellegrino. Yeah. And uh, we had a Ho'olauna program, uh, which focused and kind of uh, taught kids about the uh, four streams in Wailuku, the Nava'eha. Right. And by studying those streams and basically in within a week basically the kids learn so much um, but I, we're fortunate because it's sponsored by Kamehameha schools uh, they also paid for a lifeguard so we could take the kids into the stream wow. and by uh, we could take the kids and they uh, gave them some a mass and then snorkel as well as um, they could go into the stream just submerge themselves uh, yeah, I, I, literally I, and sometimes uh, regret that uh, public schools, the oh. de Department of Education, would not allow students to right. go into the stream. Right. So a lot of times, that's why I used to get the live specimens and then put them in plastic bags yeah. or in the buckets. I remember. And then uh, to show them live animals, uh, and I'd bring the animals to them, and they couldn't go into the streams. It yeah. was just uh, was prohibited. It wasn't allowed. Uh, I, I, I guess because um, they've had excursions where yeah. they, um, folks have uh, been lost. Or, right. yeah, so the DOE is kind of yeah. very conservative. So you see, so, yeah. sounds like at a younger so, age, even kids are being so, exposed to some of the resources. I, well, I've worked also with Hawaii School, and then I've talked with the kids. And then so a lot of times, you know, when I get to talk with the kids, what's real interesting is that you know, because I can kind of feel what they complain about. And oh, a lot yeah? of times, you know, I never make the rubbish, you know. And oh. we got to go pick up rubbish. And right. that's one of the things. Every time I go, the teacher always asking us to go pick up rubbish. So I try to explain to them right. that by cleaning up the rubbish, then it also clears uh, the beach so that right. the hatchlings won't get entangled. It's all connected, huh? Yeah. So, so I try to explain that, but I understand because the kids are kind of tired of picking up rubbish yeah. all the time when they didn't make the rubbish in the first place. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So it, it's kind of like one of the stories oh, I, that's I, I get from the kid. I get the, the, the truth from the kids, you know, yeah. they're, they're kind of tired of picking up rubbish. But we try to explain, you know, and, and that way they have a more longer term view yeah. for the future. Yeah. So again, that's yeah. even... A, so, yeah. That's, um, go ahead. Uh, no, no. I, I was just wondering, I, uh, should I be asking you questions? Oh, no, 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 all, all, <laughs> all you me. But uh, yeah, again, so, you know, again, that's something we didn't talk about is even the outreach you do for your job. It's incredible. Uh -huh. I mean, you've, for as long as I can remember, you've always been in a community, whether in the streams, working yourself or, you know, talking to school groups. So, and you're talking about going to Northwest Hawaiian Islands, working in the stream, Kaneohe. Um, what is your favorite part of the job you do now? What's, what's your favorite mm. that, that lights up Skippy Howe when he's got to do something for work? Uh, actually, it doesn't take much. <laughs> <laughs> That's no, awesome. No, you know, what I, what I explain to the kids a lot of times is, um, you know, I have... Uh, because most of the time I'm in t-shirt and shorts. <laughs> and, and, and so I try to explain to the kids, I said, where you guys can find one job, where you stay in t-shirts and shorts, to, yeah. where I get to go diving, and then they pay me to go diving and things. I said, you guys gotta know what you guys are doing, yeah. but if you guys go to school and you know learn yeah. all these animals and things, then you guys can go diving too. And, and so I like, I, that's what we were saying, because I said, uh, way back, um, one of the influences. What's kind of interesting is that because well, because now I'm feeling being older, um, uh, so I couldn't explain to the kids when I do a presentation or try to talk about my background. Um, they don't know who Jacques Cousteau is. Oh. They know who Jean Michel Cousteau is. Really? Right? That's right. I, mean, I guess so. I never yeah. thought of so, it. Yeah. So Jacques Cousteau, because I always remember Undersea World. Yeah. And then there was also a film in the theater with Jacques Cousteau. Oh yeah. But I said even before that, what's interesting is that what also was interesting is that try go back and then there used to be Sea Hunt, and there used to be Lloyd Bridges. Oh. And Lloyd Bridges would be talking on the boat. Oh yeah, and it's kind of interesting because I said, you know, they show they show the underwater filming uh -huh. and everything, and then now you a little bit older and you go back and look at those uh, interviews and things. He's on the boat in the back of the boat and he's talking, and I go, like, wow, there weren't that many underwater shots. You yeah. remember the underwater yeah. shots? Yeah. But I, said, I don't remember him talking yeah, <laughs> that yeah, much yeah. in the back. Yeah. And that's probably what I'm doing now. I'm talking more <laughs> than, than they're really doing stuff. But but you know it, it's it's kind of interesting. I I did a presentation to Rotary, um, and, and I explained to Rotary to oh I I think um, uh, having been a, I'm a public school graduate. So like I said, I went to public school and then I graduated from the university. But um, what I do appreciate because I used to uh, I joined this interact club. So Interact is, uh, the Interact Club is a service club and it's sponsored by the Rotary. Uh -huh. And then the Rotary, in Kanyohi Rotary, uh, you see sponsor lunches. Oh. So once in a while you get picked as a student and then you can go to have lunch <laughs> yeah, with yeah, the yeah, Rotarians. Yeah. And until I went to the Rotary luncheons, I never did any public speaking you'd have to stand up. Oh, really? So what's interesting is that you'd have to introduce yourself and then say what you're doing mm -hmm, in mm -hmm, school. Mm -hmm. But 
in public school, you don't need to do any public school speaking. Right. So that's also one of the things that I emphasize that Ho'olauna, because they have the kids introduce themselves right. in Hawaiian. Oh, it's awesome. When they introduce themselves in Hawaiian, but all the kids will take get their time to go and introduce themselves. And I stress a lot, let the kids speak in public. Yeah. They need to speak in public. They need to be comfortable that speaking confidence, in public. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, ba basically to have fun, yeah. whatever they do. And, and I'm not trying to get the kids to go into science or become marine biologists in the future. Basically, I want them to basically study, have fun, and learn something. Mm -hmm. There's so much mm -hmm. things, and if, in fact, if you look at the technology, uh, everything's at their fingertips. Yeah. And then to see not just that, but nanotechnology and, uh, you know, just the filming and videotaping. Yeah. And uh, you can kind of do almost a, a whole lot, a lot more things, you know, on your own. When I watch YouTube now, yeah. people yeah, basically yeah. are learning how to play and sing yeah. and to perform. You can learn anything YouTube. from YouTube yeah, yeah, nowadays. Yes. yes. Uh, so I'm kind of uh, recommending the same thing that they, you know, help. Oh. Uh, well, basically, yeah, the, the public speaking, I think just to make sure that they're comfortable uh, speaking in public. Um, like I said, you know, I did not speak. But since I ate their lunch, and then yeah, I got to stand got, up. And I got, I got, got obligated. <laughs> yeah, I got obligated. But, but again, the Rotarians made it very comfortable. Mm. Are you I in the Rotary Club here on Maui? Are no, you? I, I'm not. Oh. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I, like I said, I did have one presentation I explained to them. And then, but I also explained to them that about the Lloyd Bridges and yeah. things. But they're old enough to understand. Remember, they remember yeah. Lloyd Bridges and they remember <laughs> Jacques Cousteau. As in now, yeah, the the students now. Kids, kids don't know who they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I tell them, go look them up. You know, look, look them up. Go look it up. Go YouTube it. Go YouTube it. Well, even like uh, Disney. Uh, yeah. Disney, uh, Disneyland. I remember. Because I think what I remember about the Disney movies was, you know, like even the desert and then to show time-lapse photography. And, and just there's so much more things right. that they've done technologically, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. that you can see and you watch this, yeah. you know, and it's all on, you know, basically accessible right on the net. Yeah, yeah. that was, yeah. yeah. So, so you talk about, um, you touched upon some of your educational influences, your teachers you've had, fourth grade teacher, your high school biology teacher. Um, what are some of the more professional influence people who have influenced you? Uh, when I came to Maui, uh -huh. um, I contacted Dr. Isabella Abbott. I did not take her class, but she was still at the university. And what I did was I called her one day, and then I talked to her on the phone. And then so she, because uh, I was telling her, I said, so when I do these surveys and things, I have... I'm not very strong in identifying algae. I said, I know which ones can eat. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, and, but I, I told her, I said, I don't know. So she basically had a, basically challenged me. She said, wherever I go, go and collect it, throw it in the freezer, and put the information and, uh, you know, basically a collection tag on the specimens and send it back to her at the university. So this is about 30 years. I was sending back specimens <laughs> on algae around where we collect, uh -huh. and then I'd send it to Dr. Abbott. What she would do is she'd go through the specimens, she'd vulture the specimens, and the specimens were actually are kept at Bishop Museum. Really? Okay, 
So what's interesting is there's a Dr. Allison Sherwood, and so Dr. Sherwood, she did a paper on limu kohu. Okay. So originally, when we grew up, uh, or when I was a student, then uh, limu kohu we always thought was endemic, o- only found yeah, yeah, in yeah, the yeah. islands. So Dr. Sherwood. Basically, she and her uh, colleagues basically studied limu kohu. Uh-huh. They were able to get the specimens from Bishop Museum, and when they looked at limu kohu, they were able to identify that in the islands we had four waves of introduction really? of limu kohu to the islands. So the fourth wave is now occurring, and it's coming to Oahu now. But so they're able to look at the genetics. So, so, so there are different so waves, are there wa- diff- waves different are species or still so, so asparagopsis? Genetically, uh, they're, they're, they're the same species, Okay, but, but they're looking at sub- the genetics. Wow. So now the subspecies, and they're, they're looking at the genetics. You know, I've so noticed they're also, that. Uh, so the limu kohu, which we've identified, is also found in Panama, in all these other Brazil, so all these other locations around the world. That's and, and, and so it's not just that, but I, I think what it also called attention to is that could other species that we had thought were endemic to Hawaii may also be in these locations. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's just really studying and, you know, getting to know our environment. Really they probably are located in other places. Because um, the, the limu that they wanted to feed the cattle mm-hmm. is limu kohu. They wanted to reduce the gas. Uh-huh. That occurs oh, in I the didn't know cattle. That. Yeah, was it asparagopsis? That's the one that they wanted to feed to cattle to reduce the gases. Oh, really? Gas uh, oh. to reduce <laughs> the to gassing, gassing cow, cattle. Well, yeah. working humans too. So when so I eat my that, yeah, when I eat my kohu with poke, it'll make me less gassy. <laughs> 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 I don't know. Everybody eating too much poke. Yeah, but but yeah, <laughs> that's interesting because yeah, I've noticed. So so the lim that that from that limu kohu study and I. And that's one of the major papers that when I look back mm-hmm. at, at what we've done. Uh, the other one, like I said, would probably be the turtle that came back to nest in Lahaina. Right. And then so we were able to, she's a, it's a green turtle. Um, I, I call her 5690. Uh, scientifically, I really don't name yeah. the animals. Right, right. Uh, so I call her by her tag number. And so 5690 came back t- uh, to Maui. She nested from 2000 to 2017. Wow. And then in three of the seasons, what was interesting is that two of the seasons, we knew that she had laid seven nests in the season. Wow. Okay. But one of the, the seasons, what she did was she laid six nests in Lahaina. And then what she did was she went over to Lanai. Oh. And she nested a seventh nest. And we found that out because they were looking at nest samples. When they looked at the nest samples, they were able to identify that. That was her. That's her seventh nest. Wow. On that year. And then so we were able to identify that she had nested seven nests in one season. season. That's uh, crazy. And for three of their seasons that she was laying nests. Talk about a matriarch, huh? Yeah. So, so <laughs> it's it very interesting. And, and then so a lot of the turtles also, I think on the North Shore, when you look at the mm-hmm. nesting turtles on Maui, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the green turtles, I think, will be, I think, related to the Molokai turtles. Oh. So just like on the North Shore, on um, for the seals so when it really gets rough mm-hmm. 
then what happens sometimes is the seal basically land on the North Shore, Kanaha, uh, Ho'okipa, and then they'll come up and rest, rest on the beaches here. So when the seal that came back here, she brought back her pup. Mm. And to then show. come back to Ho'okipa. Yeah. And so they were able to identify because of the tagging that they do with the ter- yeah. uh, the seals. And it, yeah. So that's, I mean, yeah, I mean. You so, so now it kind of inter the different species. So now with the turtles, uh, so that's one of the things that we've been able to identify. Because um, when initially when I first started getting nesting, I had a nest that turtle came up to nest right next to the humpback whale sanctuary. Uh-huh. And then, so what happened was we excavated a nest at Ho, um, Hamoa. Oh, in Hana site. So this is a couple of years later. But they were able to identify that, oh, that's the turtle that nested in Kihei. Yeah. Several years later, she went to Hamoa and nested back there. Wow. And then this is from genetics. Oh, genetics. I was going to just say. So, how, so, how yeah, like know? I said, so the genetic, a lot of genetic samples and then to be able to identify. That's cool. I mean, so again, confirm. technology really But, but again, the, the genetics, uh, very powerful. Yeah. But again, you, you need to, uh, it seems kind of like impossible. But yeah. through the genetics, very interesting. They're able to identify that. Yeah. You know, I mean, you like you're saying, patience plays a lot of part. Um Early, you said it mentioned earlier. You know, patience. You just got to be patient. Let things work out. Technology obviously helps too. Um, Shucks, while you're talking, I had so many questions in my mind. Go back real quick. So again, to the Kohu. This is more of on a personal yeah. note. I have yeah. an interest in limus too <laughs> that I get to eat. So I was noticing yeah. the Kohu. You, you talked about the fourth genetic wave that we're going through now. Okay. Right. Yeah. So maybe I'm wrong or not, but so I've noticed that some of the Kohu seem to have more runners instead of just being more upright. They send out runners like legs. Is I'm, that? Uh, you know what? what um, just be aware. Um, we've exceeded, at least in terms of the acidity. In the so I'm, I'm wondering if we're at a critical point. You know, because a couple of years back, we had Lee just disappear. Yes. Yeah. And we don't know why and why it happened. But now we're getting Limu coming back again. Uh-huh. Slowly. Uh, I, yeah, it's one of those things. I don't know what it is. and uh, But we don't have, say, the vai vai ole yeah. washing up on the beaches like they No more the lipoa. <laughs> yeah. No more um, the, lipoa, the ogo. So, yes. Yeah, I miss all that. Oh. Yeah. So, but I, I, the ogo, I think that too, I think, was uh, also on over-harvesting. Oh, really? I think people weren't leaving... Um, what it is, they roots. overpicked the grounds. Yeah, they never took care, and they just kept picking and picking until they just dis- disappeared. All behind you know, there, There's so. a certain point, you know. It, it, well, that's the same thing that happened in Kanyohe. We used to pick ogo right by uh, Kokokai uh-huh, and places uh-huh. like that. Real nice kind of ogo and stuff. But uh, yeah, what's, it's not like that anymore. But what's interesting with that is that this, to me at least, you know, my the limo grounds I go, everything would disappear. Not just the ogo, mm-hmm. not just the or a pilau limu too, or a, you know, uh, yeah. the hypnia. So, yeah, we don't have it washing up. Yeah, remember when, uh, way back when the UH Botany, uh, this is Jennifer Smith, mm-hmm. was working on uh, botany. Um, so, in her study, I think she had measured that the sea lettuce had grown like to 17 feet long. Wow. And it, but it's about telling you that all is excess nutrients. So, you know, Input. from the effluent and right. the injection wells. Right. That was resulting in all this extra algae that right. was uh, fertilizing the ocean. Well, basically. fertilizing the ocean, but then the algae was like taking over the reef. Mm-hmm. You know, just the excess mm-hmm. fertilizer on the reef. Yeah, and then so now it's like totally clear. 
Yeah. Like devoid. And then so now we're, we're seeing less, but it was sort of uh, concerning because uh, you, you really did not have any limu washing up. Right. Very little. I mean, I mean it could be like... You know, even the hypnia wouldn't wash up. Right. Yeah. So, so I mean, it could be... We talk about shifting... We talk about shifting baselines. I mean, yeah. technically, I mean, we've always so, seen so much limu, but maybe that was yeah. the... That was the abnormal, and now so, we're seeing the normal? Um... It's different, a different time. So what's interesting is that on Oahu, because they've been releasing um, the collector. Oh, yeah, 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 the Hawaii, yeah, 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 yeah. So what's interesting in that, what we've noticed, because when we monitor our, what we call coral reef monitoring Uh sites, was that uh, the collector urchins Uh actually bloomed on their own. So we're talking Ma'alaya, Kihei. And they bloomed on their own, and then they grazed down the algae themselves. Oh. Then I'm kind of now questioning, in Kanohe Bay, if has it been just so imbalanced that they don't bloom on their own? So, so we're trying to get in this supplemental, right. you know. Uh, so it could be a multitude of things occurring yes. that uh, is linked uh, to this. Uh, Everything from right. ocean changes to over-harvesting to yeah, so it's several different things grazing at the same time. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, that's super interesting. Yeah. Okay. So also, when you're talking, actually, you touched upon it earlier. This is something I did want to ask you to share, and I don't know if you have any more stories, but I wanted to ask, yeah, about your relationship that you have or had with um, Dr. Abbott. You know, being a uh, incredible. Um, leader um especially just for sciences and in in the for women being from maui i think she's originally from hana um what what relationships did you have with dr abbott was she a professional um leader for you or did she help influence you a lot um it's very interesting because um from dr abbott and then i'm also trying to do my genealogy because my great great grandmother actually was from Hana. Yeah. And then, so what was real interesting was that um, it kind of explained, because her dad uh, has the Akiona name. Ah. And and then, so, but but, um, in that, they have what they call um, Hawaiianized Chinese names. Interesting. Because what happened was a lot of the Chinese married, Married. married Hawaiian women. And so it's th- that's what happens in our family. So right. that's how we get the Hawaiian. Oh, it's from my mom's side. Right. Well, it's my great great grandmother from Hana. Oh. And so what, what, when I looked at that, and then so someone from Hana Ranch, uh, they kind of said, "Oh, read this letter," and then I'll, I'll send you that letter yeah. to go take a look at. But it kind of explained, and they they explained these Hawaiian Hawaiianized Chinese. They're only found in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. But they're they're Hawaiian, and then but with the Chinese, just like yep. when you have Achoy and you know, right? Uh, and, created. And it, no it, it's basically was created, oh. and and the same like when we were talking about how what happened with the names is that as students, they speak Chinese at home, right, or they speak Hawaiian at home, and then but they have no English name. And yeah. then, so when they went to school, the teachers then gave them right. an English name. And it created a whole nother. And, and, and then so, so it, it's in addition, when you look up genealogy and things, yeah. it's like what we we're saying about the last name and first name and the family name. Right. Because if you don't understand that, you need to check and you need to reverse the names. 
because it could have got recorded you know that way but then you're losing it or you're not picking it up on the census because they wrote it a yeah. different way yeah. yeah so yeah that's kind of interesting that's what we learned uh, yeah. when i was looking at genealogy yeah that's interesting because yeah. um charlie Lindsay, you know our for, oh for, yes. yeah he had yeah. mentioned that to me and i just was wondering um how dr abbott also helped yeah with genealogy wise so i uh, when i I talk with her because I figured, oh, she'd have this wisdom and stuff. Oh, yeah. And then, so, but she'd always, you know, basically uh, support you. A and then, so even when I sent her my paper and stuff, she was real nice about it. But I, but very um, yeah, yeah, critical. Yeah. A and then to kind of explain, so, so she said, you know, when you work on your paper, you know, this is a scientific paper. So this isn't a regular composition. This is what people may reference. So you make sure Scientific, you say yeah. it clearly. And, yeah. uh, but but uh, she really helped me. Uh, well, uh, just uh, her professionalism and then, but uh, no, she was never really critical, critical. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess I was on, a, on the good side, but, but she basically, she stressed to, yeah. to publish and then to, to make sure it's a documentation for the future yeah. and, and then to have uh, students train and, and to learn and so that's kind of she's my mentor at least in terms of uh, that as well as I work with a lot of her uh, students who are oh, now all PhDs yeah. Yeah, so yeah, all yeah. around and um, they basically made their mark right. now in, in Botany yeah. yes. I mean she they're all yeah. they all can you know, you talk about lineage, you know, a lot of the um, PhD or Limu people now, they all trace their um, lineage, sort of professional lineage to Dr. Abbott. She's, you know, the right. first lady in Limu here in Hawaii. Um, yeah, so we, we talked about a little bit of what you appreciate or what you like to do on a daily basis, being able to wear T-shirt shorts to work <laughs> and, you know, how that um, influences or, or, or um, equates to the good things of the job daily job what would you say are some of the highlights of your career looking back in the last 36 years like what what are some of the high points you can look back upon oh so many um i try to share like when i fly a helicopter uh with the streams and things um we go we go through helicopter training and then um but basically it just makes it so much more convenient and we get into very inaccessible areas. Yeah. So the helicopter puts us in, and the helicopter needs to pick us up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I've been fortunate to be able to go to a lot of places or waterfalls and see uh, to see locations. Uh, we've gone up above Waipio Falls. Wow. Yeah. And then, but also be able to survey and then see the Oopu up there. So when I don't know if you saw the National Geographic no, when didn't. they were showing the Oopu no Pili climbing up the waterfall. Oh, so when you look at that, and then uh, so it's kind of interesting because they said uh, if if you look at that, I'll, I'll send you a copy yeah. of that clip. Yeah, but yeah. it was taken by National Geographic. They have high speed cameras, uh -huh. and so they're able to zoom in and show you a close up of the Oopu no Pili and things climbing the water, climbing yeah, up the climbing, rough water that right. the stream, the right. waterfalls. So yeah, so you've been able yeah. to go to places where. You know, no one has so, <laughs> been for probably maybe decades, if so, not centuries. So, so for the climbing, what it is is I have a small little waterfall, and this is in Kianai. It's by Waialohe. There's a pond. Uh -huh. um, but what it is is uh, the stream enters the pond, 
but I don't have to worry about big waves coming from behind me. <laughs> so I, although I got to swim right. into the waterfall, wow. I, my back is covered. Yeah, yeah. So there's no problem. Like the water, I can just move on the side and yeah. things. But I don't have a wave. You know, sometimes freak waves will come up from behind. Yeah. Have so, you ever have you ever had a, a situation professionally where you're working and you're like, oh, you got into trouble or whether a freak wave, like Obake mm-hmm. wave come grab you or mano shark chasing you or Not flash me. flood in the river? Has there any been any professional? I had flash floods. Yeah, where so it's close well, when we were in Waihei Stream and things. Yeah, um, so basically, yeah, just to get people safe and basically up on the ground. So what and happened? Then, and then the water. Comes you heard them rumbling already, or um, debris no, 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 started coming see down. The white water. The white, and the white water's coming, water's coming and you're like, gotta and go. Then, but, but what I've heard from folks who live by the stream, they say they hear the thundering, yeah. the rocks and the, yeah, yeah. Boom, uh, the boom. boulders uh, rumbling. Yeah. Um, I've had that. And then I'll tell you, tell you a little short story. Yeah. This was in uh, Maalaya. Okay. So I had this lady, so she could see this turtle was entangled in a net. Okay. And then, so I came down, I had my gear on, I had my... Uh, I had first I have a knife and then I also have a backup knife and then but basically what I explained to her she's on the second floor so I said oh could you point out to me and you direct me when I'm swimming uh-huh. I can't see right right wh- what you she's spotting see. you yeah so, so she's telling me go straight and go left go right and then I went out how far out and, and then so th- well this is uh, in Malaya so um, going out Malaya and th- this was uh, was still I guess it wasn't in the dark so so basically I just went to swim and then but what it is is my whole purpose was to get the, the entangled turtle, turtle and bring it to shore okay and so that's what she did uh-huh. so she did that and then I basically grabbed the turtle and the net uh-huh. and then I brought the turtle to shore and then I cut, cut the turtle up. loose uh, oh. because you don't do that in the water because right, right. if you're in the water, then what happens is if you cut the turtle, the turtle will make a dash. Yeah. And if you're not prepared, you may get entangled yeah, in yourself. the net and you may, right. you know, you don't want to drown. But again, you have to be aware that right. the turtle is going to try to escape. Bolt, yeah. 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 So how, how hard? That yeah. must have been hard to drag so, a whole net back and the uh, turtle in the uh, net. No, no, it's not. It wasn't a big net, but the turtle was at the surface. Mm-hmm. So I was able to bring the turtle and wow. then cut the turtle loose wow. so there's no photos of it but yeah, yeah. I was just so thankful the lady, lady in the second floor at Malaya and then yeah. so she gave me the directions I found the turtle and the net brought it we cut the turtle loose and then let it go and this was like almost yeah. darker already though this was I was <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was in the dark already and never crossed your mind maybe could get sharks around or not you wasn't worried about that no I was very, I was more worried about the turtle oh yeah oh, what a <laughs> so true professional so that, well, well, it's that, but you know, other times too. When I'm gone, um, so what you do is you go and swim around. Oh. So I think one of the things too is that because a lot of the places here in the islands, you see a lot of turtles. If you see other turtles around, then I less likely mm-hmm. that there's a shark. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you see no sharks around, then I'd say pay attention. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, it's interesting. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and, you know, so daily and in a career, but like now speaking more, even bigger picture, what are some of the things in life that you're most grateful for? Oh, I, I think I, I, for like students and the, I, I know they're still studying and then 
Um, it's hard. You know, I'm kind of looking now. I'm trying to get ready to retire. And then, so I'm looking at the students who are just starting to study their degree and things. But I, I think maybe the recommendation that I would give them is to be flexible. Um, and, and uh, you know, at times, uh, you're going to learn things and uh, be surprised. Like a, a lot of things that, that you find out. Um, it just, uh, I, I've been fortunate here as well as to meet people from all over the world. Um, I, I've met uh, folks who've, like, they worked at Vancouver Aquarium here, and then they come here to vacation. And then every time they come, they at least say hello and things. Uh, but they, they tell me stories about when they started or when they were working at their aquarium and things. And uh, it kind of gives you a, a, you know, a little bit better perspective, their wisdom. And, and then to see that, oh, they didn't know this, or a storm or a hurricane and things, and then how yeah. they survived it. and. Um, what kinds of things? Because it, it's kind of interesting just to, to talk with other people right. and then to have their what they've seen and what uh, what they hear and then or even what they've eaten and what they've tasted. Yeah. yeah. So I, yeah, a lot of times I'll, I'll try to have them go try other kinds of food. You know, over here we're so lucky <laughs> other kinds of food. But then you know, are they gonna try to taste something that they normally wouldn't eat at home? Right. Yeah. I mean, like you yeah. said, so that could be an analogy yeah. for. Your career too, right? Be flexible. Try new things. Yeah. So, be so for, for the kids, when uh, when I work with some of the students and things, because I also dry fish, and then so I remember the whole Alana program. We had uh, students uh, somewhere from Korea and, and the mainland, and then so basically I had dried fish, and and so I let them to try. I said, you know, I, just a little piece and stuff, but just so that they would know right. how it tastes yeah, yeah, and yeah. things. Yeah. What kind of fish was it? Yeah. Oh, aku. Oh, dry, dry, aku. dry aku. I never know you <laughs> make that. What, you get dry box or you put them in the dehydrator? How you make yours? Oh, no, no. Yeah, I just dry. Dry box? Yeah, oh. the sun. Yeah. One day dry? Oh, uh, depends. And then, yeah, my, my brother likes it one day. And yeah. Then, yeah. It's, uh, I like them a like little bit wet inside so, too. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then so my, my younger brother loves his akule. Oh. And then so what I do is I take out the mid bone. Oh, yeah. For him. Butterfly and take out the Butterfly and I take out the bone. Oh. Yeah. Uh, you, rather, <laughs> you, you personally, you rather eat dry akule or dry opelu? Oh, you know, I, I, I'm not much of an opelu person. Oh, but, yeah. But, you know, I grew up catching omaka. Omaka oh yeah, 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 not, yeah. not akule. Yeah, um, but interesting. Uh, and then so I'm more used to say akule. Oh, uh, yeah. And then opelu. Yeah, I mean I have no objection to yeah. opelu. <laughs> got opelu, but most of the time it's akule. Dry fish in some poi. Yeah, yeah. skip it. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, you know, we kind of worked through a whole progression from your parents, your genealogy to you growing up, Kaneohe, grade school, high school, university. Early careers coming to Maui in '85. Um, what you've done, and you kind of mentioned it a little bit ago, but um, you're looking to retire soon, hopefully later than sooner, because um, again, you know, you're such a great, great resource, Skippy. I mean, what you've done for Maui over these last, you know, over 35, 36 years is impacted so many people. Like you said, from visitors coming to being, you know, a, a uh, representative of, of our island to professionally you know even for me personally 
you know, you've influenced what I do a lot. You know, your humility, your friendliness, just your openness, willing to share. I really appreciate that, Skippy. But you did, again, if you are going to retire, when you do retire, Skippy, again, hopefully later and sooner, what do you think or how would you like or yeah, how would you like your legacy to be remembered? What is the legacy of Skippy Howe going to be? Well, I'm hoping that the students that are actually going to school now, and hopefully they'll, they'll come back. Uh, like I said, they don't need to be marine biologists, but basically also take care of uh, the next generation. And then so that they'll be aware. Uh, and not so much shocked. Um, I, I know a lot of... of you can kind of hear a lot of tourism and things, and, and but the tourism will always be here. Uh, but that, does that mean you need to be? You don't really need to be negative to people uh, when they come here. You welcome them like anybody else. Uh, same like you know when you go to the mainland and you go and visit other people and you know you just came to go and visit where they live and stuff. Uh, you you're not gonna. Well, it, it's interesting because you don't plan to move away from Hawaii and the islands. Uh, that's what makes it real special. Um, I've learned from uh, my friends as they're researchers on the mainland, and they retired already, uh, but they always remember the Hawaii kids. He said, what's interesting with the Hawaii kids, he said, uh, they're not out for themselves. Uh, the kids are considerate. Uh, they always, uh, they will help, they will, um, well, it, it's, it's interesting because when you grow up here, then if you need help, you, you just go and help. Uh, and I think the same thing goes when they go to the mainland. Uh, but they really notice when the Hawaii kids are up there, uh, whether they're playing volleyball or uh, the, there's a little bit extra, you know, on the aloha mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. you have when you grow up in the islands, and then uh, they'll take care of each other. It's not like dog eat dog. They're gonna, yeah. you know, leave people alone or something. Yeah. Need help? They'll help. Yeah, which I think something that I, I think people need. Well, I think people also find out because the kids who are from Hawaii and then they go to school on the mainland, because what's gonna happen is they're gonna be asked questions about Hawaii. And if they weren't paying attention, they go back and then they study or ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they yeah. get information that when they were kids, they really weren't paying attention. Yeah. They weren't, you know, and, and it's different. They they now, they, they're like the authority and then they come back and then, oh, I didn't know, I didn't study yeah. this. Yeah. So I, yeah. Self-motivating. So it, so it kind of helps them to study w what we have in the islands. And yeah. I think that, it's just um, having a, you know, the optimistic outlook, you know, and yeah, got negative things, but what can we do from now on, or what we can we improve, and how, how we can uh, do things for the future. Yeah, yeah, it's a great sentiment, I think, Zippy, and you know, I think there's no need to worry. Um, your def your legacy definitely will be remembered as Aloha. I mean, for sure, everything that you've done and are still doing um, for. From generations later, like we talk about, I keep saying, I 36 years. You know what I mean? That's incredible. So, thank you very much, Skippy, for everything you do. Um, is there anything you'd like to add that maybe I didn't ask or I didn't um, correctly uh, lead you to? But yeah, is there anything you'd like to share? A story, a memory, anything? Hmm. 
What? Um, oh, I remember. Um, I, I went to do a um, presentation. This is uh, North American Ventological Society. And so, see, I, I even forget what the year was, but I went to Louisville. Uh, Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> so not only go to go visit Louisville, um, uh, but the researchers that I was working with. So uh, one was working uh, is, is, uh, with the Corps of Engineers, Carl Way at the um, Waterways Experiment Station, and then uh, Professor um, uh, Albert Berkey. He's at Dayton University. So they invited me to come and visit <laughs> their labs. So I got to come and I took the time to go visit them. Wow. All this time they were coming to Hawaii and we'd work in the streams. Uh -huh. uh, so a lot of the stream work and you know sampling and things that I was doing and I was sending back samples and uh, it was their students and their labs, they were processing the samples and, and they knew more about our streams than here in the wow. islands. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, but I, I presented a paper at Louisville, and then after that, and I was fortunate. Uh, my boss he, uh, basically said, oh, you know, I asked, can I take a vacation? And so I took, after the conference, then I took a vacation. And then, um, so from uh, going to a conference in Louisville, and like I said, then I went to Vicksburg, I went to Dayton University in Ohio. Um, I got to go to, I went to Orlando. I wanted to go visit uh, Disney World. Oh, yeah. So I went to Epcot, and I never rode a train, so I caught a train, and then from the train, I rode the train all the way up to Baltimore. What? And then from Baltimore, then I went to Washington, D.C. I wanted to go visit the Smithsonian's. Oh. And then... I think one of the things that I'd recommend, you know, and this is now me just traveling once, and I'm thinking if I'm only going to go once, I went to Hit Washington D.C. Yes, and, and uh, thank goodness that was before 9/11, uh -huh. so I was able to go into like almost any wow. museum, and it was just so fabulous. You just go in and wow. walk around, and then go go to all these different museums. Um, what was extremely exciting was that there was also a National, National Geographic Explorers Hall. And I'd highly recommend, if you ever get to Washington, D.C., in addition to the Smithsonian's, go visit the uh, National Geographic. Uh, and it, well, there's much more museums that have mm -hmm. now come online. But it, it's so interesting. But now you have to go through security. Yeah. And when I think back, and I said, you know, and as a student, you could go to almost any museum, and it's just, uh, it, it's a fabulous. What a great uh, if, if I get a chance, yeah, to go and go visit. Um, so I went to Washington, D.C., and then uh, on the way back, um, basically after I got home, I called my eighth grade um, social studies teacher, and she already retired, but I left a message at the office, and then, uh, this was uh, uh, this was Miss Janice Gu. <laughs> so Miss Gu basically taught us social studies. Yeah, you know how you go U.S. government. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. had to memorize the right. preamble. And, right, right. and I remember all this, and then I called, left a message, and I talked to Miss Gu, and I called her and just to let her know. I got to Washington D.C. Wow! I got to see all these things, and wow. then I went to the Lincoln Memorial. Went to the Washington That's Monument. Awesome. Went to the Capitol, and yeah, uh, and basically just to let her know, I said, you know, I made it. I got to go visit all these places. You know that you just you learn about in and the read in yep. book. You know, yeah. and you could only see, yeah. and then I got to go visit. 
you know, and, and that's so awesome. That, um, that was, like I said, the trip of a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That's yeah. great, Skippy. Oh. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, I think it's important for local kids to get out of our <laughs> bubble, yeah, like that, and yeah. see, like not just reading the books, uh, right? And yeah. just, but to go in firsthand, yeah. see and experience that. It's important. Riding the train even from Florida yeah. to Baltimore. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, so I take the train. Yeah, yeah. I didn't take a sleeper car. I, I just stayed up. I can look. <laughs> watch then, out the window I, the whole time a, going. Yeah, I just watch each of the stops and everything. Yeah. Well, right on, Skippy. Thank you for sharing all of your knowledge today. Thank you for all of the work you do on Maui and the streams in the ocean. Maukatu Makai. Thank you very much. And the education of not just grown-ups like me, but the kids and the school groups you go to. Thank oh. you very much, Skippy. Oh, thank you, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> Mahalo Skiffy. Thank you. Uh, I think uh